Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. Today of March, and we've been, uh, again, I stole the theme from uh, Project Veritas, not to give them any credit, but I did steal it, and it says, be brave, do something. And because um, we don't want to let just time go by. I had this discussion with someone just, just recently about time going by, and, uh, and it just seems to catch up on you sometimes. And that's why it's important to be reminded that, you know, it, it, now it's a time for action. It really is. There's so much that rides on it. And uh, our testimony for Christ, our following Christ, there's initial personal benefits that we have. We're serving the Lord. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Nothing else will matter on that day. On that day, if you're before the Bema Seat of Christ, where, where you're rewarded for your Christian service, as opposed to the great white throne judgment where people are not saved and they'll be judged. But at the Bema Seat, the only thing that's going to matter is, uh, well done, the good and faithful servant. So it's to be brave, do something. I have a feeling every single one of us, myself included, are going to look back and say, I was such a mouse. You know, boy, there's so much more we could have done. And I think that's true. And I don't say that lightly, oh, we should just dismiss it. But I think when we compare the now against the then, we're going to think, I wish I'd given him more. And uh, so that's kind of the theme behind it. We've talked about a, f- a few topics. The title of the first sermon was Be Brave, Do Something. Uh, we talked about God's might in us. We talked about being bravely in the fight. And we're going to wind up this thought uh, on today's sermon, which I've entitled The Battle is Within. And we're going to start by, uh, well, we'll read Daniel eleven thirty-two, just as a as a springboard text, Daniel 11.32, and we're going to jump right over to Romans chapter 7. So Daniel 11.32, and it's the second part of the verse that is the operative part for this series, but Daniel 11.32 says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. It's dealing with a previous topic that was considered. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's us. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. He speaks to us. Lord, if, if someone here today is thinking, well, maybe I need to get saved. Well, that's the Holy Spirit of God saying that. The devil wouldn't say it and the flesh wouldn't say it. But boy, the Holy Spirit of God would say, come. Uh, receive the forgiveness that God has for you. Trust Christ. Lord, we, we pray that um, you give under, and repent. Lord, we need to turn from our sin. And Lord, we, we thank you for uh, this time together. We pray, Father, that you'd, you'd quicken us. Lord, Lord give us the, the, the strength of the Holy Spirit that we might, uh, that we see that, that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Lord, we pray that you'd find in us people ready, willing, and able to embrace the truth you have for us today, the life that you have planned for us, and the wonderful opportunities you have before us. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So the battle is within. It's really, and we know this, this is true. I I have a lot of respect for military, and there's a billboard somewhere out there. I've seen, I don't know, on all my travels, I see this one billboard, and it shows a Marine uh, going through uh, by himself, 
uh, obviously on a long hike, going through a, a crook, a creek, you know, water and stony bed, and it's just, and, it's, and it says something along the lines of the battle is within. I didn't t- really technically steal that title, but boy, it's so true. And if you've ever been involved, how many went through basic training? Okay, Jim, okay, Vic, okay, anybody else? I know Ginger's not here, but she had been through it, Chuck. When you went in there, you learned something, and I learned this in talking to anybody who's been through intensive training. It's mental. It's mental. You get in there, and oh, my stomach hurts. Well, after a while, you go in spite of, oh, my stomach hurts, right? My legs hurt. You go in spite. It's a mental thing. As much as physical, believe it or not, it's mental as much as it is physical. And when that billboard says the battle's within, it's that struggle. Anybody else, and the picture was to represent, uh, in the middle of a very exhausting uh, uh, exercise, uh, anybody else would say, well, I'm tired. But the battle's within. And what, what you learn in, in, in military training, martial art trainings, I think primarily military training, and, and any extensive you know, exercise in that way is, it's mental. You don't stop because your body gives out. That'll happen. But most times it's because the mind gives out. And so as an extension of that, and a, more important, and a foundation to that actually is more important than simply that, is spiritually, the battle's within. Uh, Tim LaHaye, I think it was Tim LaHaye, wrote The Battle for the Mind. Many years ago, you read that book, Battle for the Mind. A lot of similar books uh, written along that, that concept. But it's, it's in here. This is where the battle is. And if I say mind, it involves mind and heart, but it's the battles within. Turn with me to Romans chapter 7, verses 23 through 25. This will be the first point for today, and, I've, and it's following the title of the sermon, The Battle, It's Within. Romans chapter 7, verses 23 through 25. Paul, of course, this is... this. Chapter has been named the defeated Christian chapter it, because he says things. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's just phenomenal the way it's written. And there's a lot of, a lot of con- comments on this. Is he talking about Paul? Is he talking about uh, a sinner in general? I think he's talking about Paul. He says I a lot. He doesn't say you or us. He says I. And, I, and what he says, we'll start in verse 18. We'll go down through verse 25. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, with the flesh the law of sin. What it really says in summary form is the battle's within. 
And he said, Paul's saying, I see another law in my members. There's a conflict. Everybody goes through this. You can't separate yourself from it. In, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, it says, For we know that when we see him, we'll be like him, for we'll see him as he is. Then we'll be like him. Then we'll be, the old nature will be eradicated. While we're in the flesh, it's not eradicated. We have the struggles. I wish there was a prayer that would eradicate the old nature. I would give it to you. <laughs> After I prayed it myself about a thousand times. I wish there was a prayer that would eradicate the old nature. God has chosen to not make that available to us according to his perfect purpose. We need the test and we need the trial. We need to realize we've got to rely on him. This entire life is a life of faith. And this war, it's in our members. It's, it all comes to our, our, our mind here. And he says, I see another law in my members, war against the law of my mind. And the, the, because of the words that were used and the the, the way this is shaped, it's, it's like there is, um, I just went through, you know, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And, and so you have instances where foreign powers, Assyria or Syria, Babylon, they'll come and they'll besiege a city. What they do is they come and they, they wrap around that city. You can't get out and they can't get in right away, but they're going to wear you down. Because you're not getting out. You're not going in. You can't get any more supplies. Oh, your farms are on the, on the outside. You're not getting them anymore. Your fruit trees and your animals that were outside, they're gone. All you have is what's left inside that city. And that's a picture that he's putting together here. It says, I, I have a law in my members, uh, warring, uh, 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 another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. And it said that you're under constant siege. Now, not every day has that oppressive weight all the time about us, but, but every day has some measure. And some days seem to have an awful lot more than other days. We're just seem beset by these things. And Paul's saying, this is what goes on. He says, it's like a city being besieged. And then he says, uh, in the second part of that verse, in bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, which is, again, the, the terms in here are very closely used uh, with, with the military drive. As a matter of fact, the words here are used like in Luke chapter 21, verse 24, when Talk, where Jesus talks about being led away captive of all nations. Same picture. And so Paul's saying, I feel like I'm surrounded by the enemy. And eventually they're going to come in, they're going to lead me captive. But then and he says in verse 24, a great conclusion, a natural. This is why sometimes the Bible is just so, it's so natural on a lot of levels. So you're dealing with a real struggle. You're not ignoring it. You're not pretending like it doesn't exist. You're dealing with the real struggle. You say, wow, these struggles are all over the place. I feel like I'm besieged and, and they're, they're going to take me captive. And he says, as an exclamation, oh, wretched, that means fatigued. I am thoroughly exhausted, like the Marine going through the creek. And the battle is on the inside. Oh, wretched, fatigued, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Left to my own devices, I'm dead meat. There's no way I can win this thing. No way in the world. Then he says, and it's so wonderful the way he winds us up in verse 25. <laughs> he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who can deliver me from the body of this death? And he says, the answer, the grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what can deliver you. And you know what? That is what delivers us. It's amazing. Take a look at your life. I have a lot of snapshots in, in my life. Of a lot of moments over time that just stand out. Critical moments. For whatever reason, you just never forget them. We take a look at this and, and think about your life before Christ. I'm not trying to make you, you know, wander back into that lifestyle and mindset, but remember what it was like 
for those of you who are saved and you've gone through a little bit of life and, and uh, you made some, some terrible decisions because you didn't have the right leading, you didn't have the Word of God, you didn't have the right influences, and so you had often some things. Then take a look at your life after you met Christ. And whether the change is really noticeable by everybody around you or not, it doesn't really matter as much. There should be a change, obviously. But just knowing I got it settled biblically, I answered the big question. I mean, the the 800-pound grill in the room is God and death and Bible, and where do I stand in this? Paul said, it's a battle, but who can deliver me? I thank God through Jesus Christ the Lord, and we need Jesus. We need Jesus. It's all about Jesus, amen? It's all about Jesus. Old Testament, New Testament, it's all about Jesus. He's the Son of God. He died on the cross for our sins. I mentioned Sunday school. I just read it again this morning in Luke. And I think, how did you, why? I, I know the answer to these questions, but I'm just in awe that Jesus would do that for me personally and for us corporately and for you individually. I'm amazed that he would do that. But that's what he did. He suffered and he died to pay for our sin. And Paul says, that's the answer. Jesus is the answer. So we take a look at, you know, we look at life and we're talking about a battle and be brave, do something. You know, so many times we, life does go by and so many times opportunities go by and, you know, we can't do everything that we want to do. It's just, there's just limitations. You can't do everything. But so many times there's opportunities that go by and it's like, oh, what was I thinking? I let down my guard. And uh, so we see the battle. The primary thing that I want in the title of the sermon and the first point is the battle that's within. But then turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 6. A little bit later in your Bible, not too far. Ephesians chapter 6. The battle. It's within. It really is. It's not without. I mean, sometimes people can, can do things to influence us. The devil can do things to influence us, and we're impacted by it, we are never controlled by it. Never controlled by it, ever. You know, Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't, you filthy liar. Devil didn't make you do it. Oh, sure, he may influence you, he may tempt you, maybe circumstances will come your way, and you know, you feel like you're tempted, but the battle's within, and we have victory through Jesus Christ. But then secondly, the battle, it's wicked. And this is a short point. This is going to be the shortest sermon you ever heard. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ding! This is real. When I got saved... Oh my goodness, it was, I mean, so many changes happened. And I've talked to many of you and very similar stories. But I remember when uh, uh, my brother invited me to go to his church. It was an independent Baptist church where I heard that you must be born again. You know, kind of like exactly what Jesus said. <laughs> you must be born again. And I'm thinking, well, what's that all about? And then I realized that the Bible teaches that we're sinners and we need to personally... Uh, repent and trust Christ as Savior. We need to be willing to turn from the way in which we've gone because that was the way of the death, but now Jesus is the way to life. So I remember thinking about that. See, it's different from religion. Religion says, here's this, a bunch of things, and they may be good or bad. But let's say they're good. Here's a bunch of things that we believe, this religion believes. And a lot of people say, well, 
I'm in that religion, this religion believes that, maybe I'm okay. That's where it's missed. Because it's not a religious thing. It's not a corporate thing. I don't get saved because you're saved. Well, I'm, a, I'm around so many people that are saved, and I like them, and they like me, and we all believe the Bible, so I must be saved. That's not it. It's kind of like when people get married. I've used this illustration before. I think it's a very good one. When people get married, there's an exchange of vows. And you could use a lot of transactions to highlight this point, but I think marriage is a good one. There's an exchange of vows publicly, and now they're married, and before they weren't. Well, so it is with Christ. We might be in a group or a thought or might be considering receiving Christ as Savior, but until we do, we're really left to our own devices. And I remember after I got saved, and uh, I was reading the Bible on my own. I'd open it up at church and follow it, because I didn't trust the guy up front, to be honest with you. You know, I didn't want to get schnookered. And um, that means two things. I meant deceived. Um, But I started reading it for myself. And I I just felt incredible to actually read the Bible. How many of you were brought up on the Bible? You were brought up on the Bible. I mean, from a child, you were just reading the Bible, right? I wasn't. Uh, Brought up religiously in, in things compatible with the Bible, but I wasn't brought up on the Bible. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, this is incredible. I, I am reading. I can't say this enough. This is the most important book ever written. And look, it's, it's not that big, right? It doesn't read like the Reader's Digest, but it's not that big. The mind of God put into a, 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 a format that we can understand and read, and I'm reading it. Well, what better book is there to read in all of the world, throughout all the time, through all of human history? What better book is there? None. What more important thing could I be reading at this time? I, I, I could read history books. Never really liked it. But I could read history books, maybe some sports and current events. I could read those things. Nothing would ever compare to this. And when I settled into that pattern of reading the Bible and spending time with God, I remember thinking, this is awesome. Living with God, walking with God in the way that he's planned. And I don't claim to have done it perfectly by any means, but I'm just thankful I picked up some things and the Word of God being one of them. But, so, but it reminds us, as you go through the Bible, it reminds us, like this verse does, the battle is wicked. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. You know, the principalities, you're talking about chief rulers, the big guys, the devil, we wrestle against principalities, powers or authorities, the, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. I mean, it's serious. We get, when we get serious about living for the Lord. Now, we are a threat to the devil in his kingdom. We are. And he's going to try to upset us. There have been so many times, almost like, almost like clockwork, you can see, okay, now the devil's going to get involved because things are going so well. And have you ever had that happen? Things are going really well spiritually. It's like, oh, this is so good. And then, bam, you get hit with something. That's because the devil, and I don't want to throw everything to his credit. That's because the devil likes to upset us and get us off track. And, um, but the battle, uh, it's wicked. It's a wicked battle. And we stand in the gap between the dead and the living. As Christians, as born-again believers, we stand in the gap between the dead and the living. So the battle, it is wicked. And then we're going to wind up on this last point. It's a little bit longer than the second point. But the battle, it's weapons. And for you grammarians out there, yes, I did move the apostrophe. The battle, it's weapons. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18, So he says in verse 12, 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So spirit, it's a spiritual battle. It is, that's evident. Verse 13 through 18 talks about some of the strategy and how to win that spiritual battle. He says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." The battle, it's weapons. It's amazing. In this list, they're all defensive weapons except for the sword. This is the sword, the word of God. And he says, having the sword, the word of God. He said, going back to verse 13, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand, withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. I remember one hearing a sermon one time and the preacher talked about this verse. He said, it's kind of like a man who's taken a really bad beating and he's bloodied and he's bruised, he's weak, he's hurting very much, but he'll stand. And when it says having, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, that's the attacks as they may come, the pain as it's, as it's uh, forced on us by our spiritual adversary, a lot of times through human devices, human vessels, but having done all to stand. And, it's kind of, and I like that picture. We don't, know, we don't ever want to be presumptuous and say, I'll always stand. Because it's, it's really by grace we stand. It's by God's grace we stand. But I like that idea. I like the idea of being a person, and I think we can all empathize with it. Being the person, yeah, maybe we've taken a couple strikes, and maybe the devil's attacked us with a couple things. There's been some pain, some uncertain challenges come up in life, but I'm going to stand. When other people might, their faith might, might shake and they might want, uh, wonder about what to do. I want to be that person, and I think you do too. We may not know all the answers, and we may not know why this particular struggle is with us at this time, but I'm not giving up. And having done all to stand. And it comes by the grace of God, his living in us. And he says in verse 14, this is some of the ways by which we can do this. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And he's talking about, and it's wonderful, the description of, of these ornaments, these, these things that, that he's talking about, the, the um, loins girt about with truth and like a, like a fine ornamented belt, the breastplate of righteousness and you know, this, but these are all godly qualities. Stand. Be a man of truth. Be a, be a lady of truth. Wearing that breastplate of righteousness, not just our own religious behavior, although a spiritual behavior. There's, the Bible does talk about the righteousness of the saints. We're talking about the righteousness of Christ, primarily the righteousness of Christ, the imputed righteousness of Christ. You know, when we get saved, when we receive Christ as our Savior, we become a child of God at that time and no other time. It's when God forgives us for being a sinner. And he gives us the imputed righteousness of Christ. The righteousness that Christ has is imputed to us. Oh my goodness, what an honor that is. 
How many days have you felt worthy of that? About a big zero, right? You're never worthy of it. I'm just so glad he did it. I'm so glad that when he looks at my account, and I've got a lot of evidence pointing the other way, but when God looks at my account, he looks at the imputed righteousness of Christ. And he looks at me and says, I forgave him. In the name of my son, who died on the cross, for him, I forgave him. He has imputed righteousness of Christ. Oh my goodness, and you know what? That's true for you. For every person that has repented and trusted Christ as Savior, we have the imputed righteousness of Christ. And this is the armament. There is a battle. Verse 15 says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, always being ready to give an answer of every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We stand, our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, ready to give the gospel to whoever the Lord may bring in our path. It's a wonderful place to be. You know, not ashamed, not ashamed. But verse 16 talks about the chief, they're all important, breastplate of righteousness, loins girded about with truth. In verse 16, he says, above all. So he's noting it, God is noting this is above all the defensive uh, apparel you may have, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So more important than any other defensive mechanism you may have, take the shield of faith, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It's, it's, this is the armament, helmet of salvation. We've got that. When we're saved, we've got the shield of faith. It's walking by faith. We've got that shield on us. And when the devil, or any of his ambassadors on earth, want to send some fiery dart our way, our faith will stop, us, stop that dart from accomplishing the purpose in which they sent it may come, that maybe there's doubts that come, maybe there's challenges that come, but that faith, we're not going to give up. Why? Because having done all, having been able to withstand all, we wind up standing. It's a great place to be. You know, it is a battle out there, and we wrestle, and, you know, be brave, do something, right? It's all about faith. The purpose of this series, and kind of the main emphasis behind it is, so that we live above the five senses. Now, life is a whole lot more than what we can see and hear and touch, taste, and feel. It's a lot more than that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 introduces us to this wicked warfare that's, that we're involved in. I'll finish up with verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all per perseverance and supplication for all saints. Prayer and supplication. Uh, what's, what's interesting is prayer um, is, uh, speaks about having a need for something and supplication talks about a, a, specific, um, a specific grace. It, it seems to imply specific grace for resisting the, the principalities and struggles in the world. But praying always. I, I love prayer. I really do. I heard a, a message earlier this week at a preacher's meeting Monday night and Tuesday out in Cobble School. Great preacher's meeting, great preaching, a lot of very important points. And one preacher said, I, I think he said something about 30 minutes a day. And I don't know if he was saying that people only pray or they should pray, but 30 minutes a day. And I remember years ago I heard the average Christian prays 10 minutes a day or less. I think, oh my goodness, boy, that's not the way it ought to be. And I love praying. My prayer life, I'm looking forward to it taking off and being better, and only getting better. But I love my time in prayer. 
I love my time just alone with God. My main time, I don't know when your time is, my main time is the first thing when I wake up in the morning because the world's quiet. I get up earlier. I, you, did, did you know the sun comes up slowly? <laughs> that might be news for somebody. The sun comes up slowly. I like getting up early. If you sleep in later, you go to bed later. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But that early morning time when no one else is talking, the phone's not ringing, and just talking to God, and I can honestly say, and this is, there, there's no, I don't mean this in any self-ingratiating way, but I, I think every day, my first two words are, thank you. And I'm just so thankful to be saved. I'm thankful for the blessings he's brought. And then I pray for the, for the challenges. We've all got lots of those. I pray for the challenges that are ahead. But Paul says, after talking about all the armament that he has, a shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. Man, this is the offensive weapon. We're going to cut right through the enemy with this. He wraps it all up by saying, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It's, uh, it's a great battle. It's a wonderful battle. And I'm thankful to know that we really, as strange as it may sound, I'm thankful to know that we are in the battle. But ladies and gentlemen, you know where the battle is? It's not primarily without. The battle is within. The battle is for our mind. The battle is for our heart. The battle is for our soul. And when God has control of our heart, mind, and soul, then the battles will be won. But the battle is within. We're going to stop there. I'm going to ask you to just uh, bow our heads for a moment. You know, God always speaks to the inner man. He doesn't overwhelm us with with miracles and visual events, but he speaks to our heart. Like that still small voice that the prophet spoke about and Jesus referred to and the Holy Spirit acts in accordance with. That still small voice. You know, life only goes for so long. We never really know how long it is. We want it to, to go well. We want a good life, a productive life, a helpful life. As Christians, we want a life that's going to matter. A life in which when we do stand before the Lord, we pray and we want to hear, well done. I know that's what we all want. But my question is really kind of twofold today. Number one, are you saved? And uh, I know you might believe, and I speak, I'm speaking in general terms right now. I know you might believe, but have you asked God to forgive you? Have you asked, have you repented? God, I'm so sorry that I'm a sinner. My sin is taking me down the wrong path. I need forgiveness. I need to be forgiven. And I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. I remember praying that just, young man, just before I turned 21 years old. I meant what I said then, and it's only grown since. If you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, we ask you very strongly consider praying now, at invitation time, come up, let us show you from the Bible how you can know for sure that you're saved. Well, then, Christian, the days are flying by. And we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing? Am I engaged? Am I making the difference that I've always wanted to make? A difference that I think will bring honor and glory to the Savior? That's a question God's dealing with our hearts about. If he's led in a particular way, perhaps he's brought to mind an area that 
that would be good for you to, to be involved with in the area of service. Maybe come to myself or someone else in church on some way that um, you can become of greater service. Let's let the Lord lead in this invitation time. Give him honor. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.